0: Welcome to the show. Today on Pop Culturally Deprived, we're going to be talking about Farscape the Peacekeeper Wars on your Pretty Please with a Cherry on Top podcast. I'm Andy Kay.
1: And I'm Matthew Vose. It's been some time since we watched the uh, series of Farscape. So now we're up to the mini series. Before our conversation, uh, I'll dive into a bit of the background info. Farscape the Peacekeeper Wars is a mini series continuing directly from the cliffhanger ending of the final episode of Farscape. It was first aired in October of 2004. Before the series was cancelled, it had been scheduled for a fifth season. The creators and writers had planned out the major plot points to go through, so the Peacekeeper Wars is effectively all of those plots condensed into a four and a half episode time frame. There were some changes that had to be made. Melissa Jaffa had a serious reaction to the new makeup and the prosthetics, so her role was virtually removed. And Rebecca Riggs as Grazer was now pregnant, so this was written into the show. So we had a character who was pregnant, rather than saying, "Oh, she's pregnant. Let's kill her."
0: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I had no idea she was actually pregnant. One of my uh, thoughts in my thought stock was that it was interesting to me how well they usually do practical effects, but her pregnancy looked so fake to me. <laughs> <laughs> and hers was the one that was real. That's she that's was amazing. Really pregnant. Like, I don't know how they did that. Like, they actively made it look fake. I don't know. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, because she does, for part of the episode, wear a pregnancy belly window shirt.
0: Right. (laughs) You
1: know, you often get female villains who have a sort of cleavage window. She has a belly window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, since the cancellation, there's been many attempts to bring Farscape back. Nerdist ran some cut-down versions of Season 1 that were about six minutes long. They are now no longer available. I could not find them anywhere. Uh, in 2001, Brian Henson announced at San Diego Comic-Con that a new web series of Farscape was being developed by SyFy. But then the writer strike in 2008 delayed that. The following economic crash stopped the series from being made entirely. In 2014... Show creator Rockne S. O'Bannon said they were having some progress with a movie development, but there's been no tangible update to that news since.
0: I'm actually really okay with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was the ending that Farscape needed, and it does not need to tell another story. Right. So I'm okay with that.
1: Uh, like Buffy, it's been continued in the comic book series.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Is it like canon comic books?
1: Apparently so. I've not read them, so I think I will probably be picking them up at some point.
0: Interesting. Hmm.
1: Because I've never read them, so I feel like I should.
0: Probably, with as much of a fan as you are.
1: Hmm. So do you want to give us a brief synopsis?
0: I think that you should wrap up our Farscape discussion and do all of the Farscape synopsis Synopsi? Synopsis? I don't know how you say that word. Since you've done all of them before.
1: In Farsket, the Peacekeeper Wars, uh, there was a war with the Peacekeepers, and John Crichton decides to step into the middle of it and stop it at the same time as everyone being pregnant. Yep. There's a lot of other things that happen. Every not really. Every single plot is trying to be fitted into this <laughs> miniseries.
0: <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, Mandy, how did you watch the series?
0: Uh, I still have Lauren's DVDs. Um, She loaned me season four in the miniseries, so I was able to watch them the way they were intended to be watched, and it was amazing.
1: Ah, fab. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren's actually sent some comments, so I'll uh, dive into some of her thoughts about this later on as well, because she's a big Farscape fan. I watched this on Blu-ray, and I managed not to break this Blu-ray after breaking my season four, disc one. (laughs) Good job, Matthew. Yeah. (laughs) Don't make me angry, clearly. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so as i say it's been a little bit of time since we watched uh season four but what were your ex- expectations going into the miniseries
0: i expected it to give us a resolution that the season four finale did not and i also expected the bringing back of john and Aaron to be more of a plot point for the story okay. and not the beginning of the movie that starts everything (laughs) if that makes sense like I expected it to to be consequential to be a bigger deal than it was and it really was not it was just this thing they had to fix and they did it in about 30 seconds and hey we're moving right into the action (laughs) so that was interesting
1: Mm. okay and have you enjoyed it
0: I did enjoy it Mm. it I have lots of feelings about it. Okay. I think they tried to do too much in the space that they had
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that they focused a little bit on some of the wrong things mm-hmm. because this really was... I mean, it's called The Peacekeeper Wars and it literally is just about stopping the Scarens and the Peacekeepers from war that's mm-hmm. going to destroy the universe or whatever. you know. But at the same time... I've come to love Farscape because of the interactions between the characters and the relationships that the characters have with one another. And we didn't really get a whole lot of that in this. This was all driven by the action.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And so I was a little bit disappointed by that, which is why I think I was more emotionally invested and affected by the last 30 minutes of this three-hour long miniseries than I was the first two and a half hours. Because the last half an hour is when they really start – bringing closure to the relationships and kind of where they're going to go from here. And so I feel like they tried to do too much, but at the same time, they didn't do enough. And I know that doesn't really make sense, but it makes sense in my head.
1: Yeah, the, the stuff they do is a distraction that's not really needed. That second part particularly has a lot of gun battles. Yes. Which are all well and good, but we don't need them.
0: I kind of feel like they got, and I I should have looked this up. I don't know who did the scoring for this, Hmm. but I feel like they got somebody that they really, really liked. And so they put in a whole bunch of battle scenes just so they could underlay this really awesome score underneath it, Hmm. because there was a lot more music in this than we ever got on the show. It it stood out to me a lot.
1: (laughs) Okay. I don't think I'd noticed, but certainly the bits that you're saying you particularly enjoyed the dialogue and the interactions, that suffers from how much of a rush this whole thing is in.
0: Very much so. Mm-hmm.
1: And, th- and that, I think, is where part of the problem lies, is it feels rushed in terms of production, in terms of some of the stuff they're doing. Uh, like, there's people who are acting as their characters, and you don't quite feel it's landing. Yes. As it normally would. You- you're like, oh, this they're- 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 they've changed too much, or they're very different than they were. And at the same time, you've got... um a lot being thrown at the wall, not all of it is sticking, and not all of it is necessary,
0: yeah, there were actually a few characters where I legitimately thought it was a different actor playing them mm-hmm. because the performance was not landing consistently with what I had become accustomed to, okay, like her war minister Akna mm-hmm. I was convinced that was not Francesca Bueller, and then I looked it up, and it was. <laughs> Lonnie Tupo doing pilot's voice, I was convinced it was somebody else and not Lonnie Tupo, and I looked it up, and guess what? It was Lonnie Tupo. Aaron's voice sounded different a lot, Mm. even though, I mean, it was clearly her, but she didn't sound like her sometimes. And then I went back and forth on Jewel on whether or not that was actually Tammy McIntosh. Yeah. And... It, it was just weird to me. And then, of course, Jothy's back, and I'm like, okay, that's clearly not the same guy. But then I second-guessed myself because I was wrong on everybody else.
1: <laughs> and he's the one who is a different actor.
0: Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> so on particularly Aaron and Pilot, the audio processing was a different person or a different company, and the settings they'd used previously had been lost. So they were trying Whoa. to reverse-engineer the the... Uh, sounds and, and the sound effects they applied okay so aaron's voice is almost down an octave it's <laughs> significantly deeper right. i, and, and I they, thought i was crazy mm, and they've they've still got some of the depth of lani chupu's voice so that's why it sounds a bit more like Grace and less like pilot and yeah. there's, there's other people i think that impacted as well and then yeah jothy his makeup makes him look like a sort of ewok dwarf hybrid thing
0: it's yeah, his makeup great. did not make it. Made it did make him look a little more like Dargo, so he resi- he looked like Dargo's son more mm. than the original Jothi did. But that's because they relied heavily on the Luxon side and not the half human side like they did with the original mm. uh, makeup. But it was just very badly done. I mean, his head was huge. Yeah, it's just it did not work for me.
1: The the one who stands out in all of this is Chiana. Because it actually feels like it's a different character. She plays her so differently. Much younger, less together than we saw her at the end of season four. Um, a bit, I don't know, scattier.
0: That's interesting because I didn't have any comments about Chiana other than her eyes. Hmm. And then when she has her little breakdown at the end. But that made sense to me because she yeah. was emotional and distressed. The rest of it, I guess we just didn't really get a lot of Chiana. And so I wasn't really paying no, attention. true.
1: Yeah, she's the one who stands out for me, but all of them. John is pretty much the only one who I could say, yeah, that's still the same actor and the same style and the same way. Everyone else just has bits of differences to them. And Sokozu, obviously, has fundamentally changed.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. I looked at her... For, like, a solid 10 minutes trying to figure out if that was supposed to be Sokozu. Yeah. And then and then once I really figured it out and, and, like, internalized, yes, that is her. Like, it started to look like her, and I recognized the same actress and everything. Mm. But at first, she just looked like a completely different person. Mm. And it was weird, and I didn't like it. I don't understand (laughs) the changes other than they were trying to, I don't know, do this, like dominatrix dungeon thing with her and Scorpius. And that's why they made her look like that.
1: Yeah, they, they were leaning hard into the sexy, sexy look for her.
0: Yeah, it yeah. it did not work for me.
1: And, like, she's an attractive young lady, so... You can see it, but Farscape's never particularly done that.
0: Right. And they, they had one moment between her and Scorpius that really, really leaned into it. Mm. And it just seemed so out of place. I mean, they hinted at the two of them having a sexual relationship in the end of season four, yeah. but it was never explicit. It was never outright said. And I guess in this, they didn't actually say it. Either. Well, he did say you've suffered my desire. So I guess they mm-hmm. kind of did. But I mean, when he like grabbed her shirt and started pulling it down over her shoulders and yeah. like, you know, it just, it was really, really explicit. And it, It made me uncomfortable, not because I'm prudish, but just because that's not something that we see in Farscape.
1: Mm, Absolutely.
0: And and combining that with her new look and her new attitude, it was just all a little too much for me.
1: Mm. I do like the reveal that she's the spy. Oh, I was shocked. Yeah, it it, it really comes out of nowhere. Because I've been thinking, like, okay, who could it be? Well, it's not going to be any of the core cast – Maybe it could be Stark. Maybe it could be Scorpius doing his back and forth thing. But that was that was a good reveal. And you could see if this had been a full season, we could have had an episode or two of them either them working it out and playing her, or us knowing it's her, but no one else knowing it's her.
0: Right. Hmm. Yeah, it would have been more interesting if we had been given hints because the way it played, Mm. there was no hint, and we were just told by Scorpius. We don't even know how Scorpius knew. She just did, which is, you know, (laughs) telling, not showing, and that's not good TV. No.
1: What did you expect? How long have you known?
0: Long enough for you to service my desires. But it was shocking. I mean, I was legitimately shocked. I had no idea. I wouldn't have expected it to be her. Because with as back and forth as I was on season four about whether or not we could trust her – Once she went Mm. off with Scorpius, in my head, okay, she's solid. She's picked a side. We know where she is. And so it didn't even occur to me anymore to think that I should still not trust her. Yeah. So that's an interesting just little thing. Mm. I don't know if that's just me being naive or (laughs) the show not showing us what we need to be shown.
1: Mm. I I like the reasoning they give for it because she has shown that, Saving Kalisha is her sort of number one goal. So being given a, a guarantee and a way of doing it through spying for the Skarens. Yeah, yeah, I can believe she'd do that.
0: I don't know if I buy it, considering her whole hmm. reason for existing is to destroy the Skarens. So I don't know that I buy it.
1: The way I read that is as a means to an end. She destroys Skarens to try and free the Kalish, But being given another way of doing it that's not killing everyone, that's not being dangerous.
0: But she was literally built and engineered to kill Karen. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just reading that too literally, but I didn't buy it. I didn't buy her explanation for it. And I, and I think, you know, maybe if we had had a whole season and they had given us an entire episode or a small arc, of Sukozu, so we could really understand her motivation. I could buy it, but with what they gave us, I just don't.
1: Yeah, doing the whole thing of the wrong, the yeah, the wrong thing, but for the right reason, and seeing her being manipulated by Arknar, Scorpius pushing her away or making her feel undervalued, maybe over an arc, you could it could have been sold better.
0: Yeah. I I wonder though I'm now that you, that you just said that you know having them show her feel undervalued by Scorpius that reminds me of the scene between Sukozu and Aaron where mm. Sukozu is sad essentially because she has realized that Scorpius is her superior when she initially thought she was the superior person mm. and I guess it, in context in the moment of watching that I didn't i didn't care i didn't really understand right but with you saying that it makes me think that was a moment of them trying to give us some insight into her insecurities and why she's doing what she's doing Hmm. but for me not to pick up on that until now means they just didn't. yeah well
1: (laughs) yeah yeah in the moment i thought that was about uh showing us that there is real caring and affection between them so we can buy the relationship when we see it later Okay. So so trying to diminish, because it is a little bit weird. So trying to diminish how weird it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was always weird, so.
1: But there's, there's a lot of things in this that are wrapped up in a line. So you say about her having a line about why she's doing this, and then a line about Rigel's cousin wanting to share the throne and what might happen there. You are a direct descendant of the royal lineage. If our people will unite under anyone, it will be under you. Cousin Rigel, you are welcome to return to Hyneria. You must return. <sighs> if Bishan thinks I'll return to a shared throne, he is beyond deluded. A line about Tiana's eyes being fixed. Your eyes. I can see again, Darga. What happened? How? He, he gave me new new eyes. There's a lot they try to fit in
0: that doesn't need to be fitted in right
1: (laughs) jothy coming back i can understand and it's a nice way of getting them out of a fix but but perhaps that would have had a a longer arc of us seeing him growing in the ranks or uh trying to reconnect with them or something
0: it did seem a little bit too neatly tied up
1: Mm, suddenly he's there and their cloaking technology is much better than it used to be yay (laughs)
0: Well, no, that I bought because, I mean, the ship that that Dargo had was, like, from the ancient Luxons, so it was already an old ship. So that made sense to me. Just, it was the relationship stuff that didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they fixed things really quickly without actually talking to each other. It was just, oh, Jothi's here. You hurt me. Yay, we're going to fight together. I'm so proud of you, son. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's showing his commitment and his growth as a person.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just, the- it It was really, really fast. I mean, I'm glad it happened and I'm glad Jothy was there. Um, but he was there more as a solution to a problem to make it easy for the writers to get out of this plot thing that they set up mm. than he was for anything else.
1: And the one who's served very poorly, exactly as you said, is Jewel. She gets, like, 12 lines, and she turns up in a kind of Xena-esque. you business. fire, Jewel.
0: You. Me. Crichton. You. Crichton. You're fairly crazy. Oh, I knew you wouldn't forget me. The more we were apart, the more yeah. I knew you'd realise that you were meant to Jewel. be with you.
1: Jewel. Get your own fantasy drip blocks. They're having my baby. <laughs> Wild thing styling. Yeah, kissing kissing John, which makes no sense. Sad to no see Aaron sense. there, which makes no sense. Uh, and then the the planets destroyed from orbit. Yeah. Uh, bye, Joel. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, we couldn't explain what happened there.
0: Yeah, it just it didn't make <laughs> sense. I mean, I understand needing to have the idolons destroyed. But the way they went about doing it hmm. made no sense. I liked that they tied it back to that seemingly random episode from yeah. season four. So I mean that was nice. But then of course the whole eidolon thing didn't really go anywhere, <laughs> really. So I, I don't know. It was, it was just whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I like the eidolons either in concept or in execution in concept they help peace but it really appears like they emit some kind of pheromone light that affects people's judgment
0: yeah i think i think the concept is good but the execution is not i think they it comes very much across as if they're basically bending people to their will and if they ever wanted mm. something besides peace then they could probably do that too yeah and I, I don't think that's what the intent is, but that's how it comes across, especially the way um, the Skarens were interrupted the first time the guy is – when War Minister Akhne comes in and shoots him.
1: Mm. Um, emitting his soft blue light.
0: Yes. And then all of a sudden, the, the Scarin emperor or whatever, he like, doesn't understand what had been happening. You know, like mm. It's like he was being brainwashed.
1: And I'm out, right? You shall be released upon the signing. And a great many lives will be saved by everybody's sympathy. Do you really wish to broke a peace with an enemy you are certain to destroy? What is this? It is the proper course of action. It
0: goes into issues of consent I think which I actually have Mm -hmm. some other thoughts about consent with the whole Stark storyline too Mm. and so I'm not sure that it works from yeah an execution standpoint I I like the concept that there's yeah you know a a race of people who can promote peace but I think it would have worked better if it was not something that changed people's minds, if it didn't brainwash them, if it somehow Mm. and and I don't even know how this would work, but if it somehow made people choose peace but of their own free will. And I don't I don't that sounds ridiculous. Make them choose their own free will. I don't know how you do that. (laughs) But it needed to be done in a way that wasn't brainwashing, I think. Mm. Because I feel like even even the way this ended, they signed the treaties and they agreed that the Eidolons could be a part of it. But if something happens and those Eidolons go away, then all of a sudden they're not wanting peace anymore and they're going to be fighting again. Like, what's – other than their signatures on a piece of paper, what is actually stopping them from war other than the Eidolons constantly brainwashing them into not wanting war?
1: Oh, the goodness of a person's spirit.
0: I have no goodness.
1: <laughs> but I assume the 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 signing that they do is actually an accord of here is our space, here is your space. We give a bit, you give a bit, we come to some agreement. Right. Here's this territory, you know, the neutral zone, that kind right. of thing. Yeah, in execution, they're just a little dull as a race. Yeah. They're almost hippie-esque as you would expect a race <laughs> of peace people to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did like the explanation of basically their disappearance is what brought about the peacekeepers and that the peacekeepers really did start by trying to promote peace they just became soldiers because that's the only way they knew how to do it without having those brainwashing capabilities like i thought that was a nice little detail but it's not enough to make me appreciate the whole thing
1: (laughs) yeah and and again there's another line in there about uh, we found a race who would suit that no one knew, and we advanced them. It's like, oh, so they're humans. Okay. That's a line wrapping up that story. Thanks. <laughs> oh,
0: I missed that completely.
1: Yeah. And it's it's very Stargate, and it is literally a line to explain what happened, wh- where the Sabatians came from. And it's, I don't even think they explicitly say it's humans. It's just a race that no one had found on the outer arm of the galaxy. Peacekeepers. Apparently your forebears attempted to carry on once we vanished. However, lacking our mediation abilities, they kept peace the only way they could. At the muzzle of a weapon. And that's why they're hated. Oh, it wasn't such at the beginning. We took great care to choose a species no one had met before. We found your kind primitive and barely clothed. Far removed on the galaxy's outer spiral. Having brought some of you back, your evolution was accelerated with generous alterations until you became our trusted acolytes.
0: Okay. I think when I heard that, I just assumed he meant they found Sabatians and then, Mm. like, directed their evolution or whatever and whatever they were. I, I didn't read it as that, but, I mean, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, because they've been working towards tying it together with John finding that toy that had an Egyptian symbol on it and so on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, you're right, because that was on the Eidolon episode. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bringing it all together.
1: (laughs) But in in a line, again, we probably would have had an episode or two uncovering the history of it, maybe.
0: Yeah. That would have been far more interesting Mm. than two and a half hours of shooty, shooty, fighty, fighty, kick, kick.
1: There was a lot of shooty, shooty in this.
0: (laughs) Yes, there was.
1: Um, But let's talk about some of the good stuff and what was done well. Cool. Silence. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, The most obvious one, I think, is the pregnancy.
0: Wait, you're saying that's good stuff? I think so. The baby is good stuff. The pregnancy is utter ridiculous absurdity.
1: (laughs) In Rigel? Yeah.
0: In Rigel, in transferring a you know yeah. two-term baby from rigel to her mm. somehow with this like thing that had to be inserted in places i don't want to know
1: about <laughs> like with stock watching
0: it's just <laughs> no it it was ridiculous i mean ridiculous
1: i'm really sorry about this baby it's all right just get it right the first time nobody gets it right the first time wait <laughs> ah.
0: are you okay i'm pregnant kind of having the baby be born in the middle of a war zone was i mean okay yes we all know aaron's a badass but it was a little too on the nose i think
1: yeah they couldn't have done it simply could they No,
0: nothing about the pregnancy was simple. Um, And I feel like they did that so that they could keep Aaron not pregnant for most of the action, which is Mm. why we had pregnant Rigel, which, oh, my God, pregnant Rigel.
1: You take it out of him and you put it back in her. Whatever it takes. Rigel. Don't, won't do it. Won't? I want this thing removed immediately. (laughs) It's not a thing. Fine. I want this miracle of life the thrill out of me.
0: <laughs> we should talk about Rigel. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> no, let's finish our pregnancy thing and then we'll go back to Rigel. Um, so I, it's, it didn't work for me, but it sounds like it worked for you.
1: I, I like your explanation. It's a, it's a comment Lauren made as well about by making him pregnant, she gets to do the running around action stuff mm-hmm. whilst, whilst not being pregnant. Um, it, I suspect the... Oh, actually, we're going to be parents in a matter of days, not nine months. Is is a thing for the mini series, so that we can right. have a baby by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of the lines he gets about it. I like a lot of the lines other people have about it. The the, the general comedy of it. It's the sort of comedy I'd expect from Farscape, and it's done quite well. Warm, Mister Arkner, saying, "Oh, I, I assumed he was a male. Oh, it's a tumor. I'm dead soon." Strange. I always assumed his highness was male. Uh, uh tumor. Not long to live. I would agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There there were some really great one-liners about it. And I think I think if we had been given the space to explore that mm. rather than having it crammed into the miniseries, I probably could have enjoyed it a little bit more. But it just it kind of lost me. When they did the transfer as Rigel was going into labor, right? essentially. That's when it lost me because I'm sorry. I cannot suspend my disbelief that much. And yes, I understand that we're talking about <laughs> a space show about aliens and like little – frog aliens and and all these other things like i can suspend my disbelief to enjoy all of that within this universe i cannot suspend it enough to believe that there's a device that can transfer a living breathing fully formed child from one body to another it just lost me at that point okay i'm sorry
1: <laughs> yeah i i can buy it because they've done stupider things <laughs> okay but yeah, I can also see it being one of the things that throws you out of it. I, I enjoy Rigel being pregnant and some of his stuff afterwards as well. He's he's probably served best by a lot of the script. But also, he doesn't have a stake in any of it. You could largely take him out and it would the, the episodes would be unchanged.
0: Right. And that's actually what I wanted to bring up with Rigel. Really, mm-hmm. the only two things he did in this episode were he... He ate John and Aaron and then threw them up so they could be put back together. Like, and then he kept the baby so that he was pregnant the whole time. Yeah. That's all he did. Yeah. Nothing else. No.
1: I, I love the moment of him taking the baby at the end because he can hover and keep it safer. Yeah. That's a lovely character moment from him. It's a nice moment of trust from Aaron of giving the baby over. All round, that's quite a well done moment. Which it, it's almost in comparison with the bit when she's in labor and she doesn't want to give up the gun because she wants to keep shooting because shooting makes her feel better. Right Now that, again, could be a really good character moment of her trusting John and giving up a bit of control, but it's played for humor. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't land as strongly as perhaps it could have done. And yet the everything around her going into labor is is mostly played for comedy. Chiana trying not to take responsibility of it and saying about how she she blew out uh, several walls on moya so that moya could give birth i can't birth a narl i don't want a narl i hate narls i'm still a narl myself you help moya give birth i blew out a wall in three tears i concur the baby's head is up it has to be down don't make any structural changes i'll be right back <laughs> it's a good line <laughs> I did laugh at but that. it's it's yeah, I did very funny yeah. <laughs> her taking the knife i'll cut it out of me is is funny but that's all we're going to the labor for is a funny moment
0: yeah Mm. yeah and until the baby is actually born yeah and then um i did really like john's line right when the baby comes out is wow (laughs) yeah and i I did really like that
1: Mm. because they do some good effects on the newly born baby it genuinely looks like a very newly born baby.
0: Well, that baby was a couple of weeks old, but yeah, it, it was <laughs> he was a baby.
1: I'm always impressed when shows actually make it look quite realistic. Yeah. That's probably not easy to do. But then the, the labors followed up closely with uh, Dargo's last stand, huh. which is pretty much the big moment of all of this. Yes. In, term, in terms of character, anyway.
0: I was not ready for it.
1: Yeah, did you see it coming at all?
0: No. Oh. I... I honestly didn't believe anybody of our core cast was going to die by the time we got to this point. Because they had already faked out Shiana and Dargo.
1: Hmm.
0: And essentially, Shiana and Dargo were dead. You know, if except Jothi just happened to show up right <laughs> in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah. um, because I'm also pretty sure that they were floating in space for more than the quarter of an arm that, that Dargo could survive in space. They just whistled right past that. So I didn't... Because they had already done that, I didn't expect it to actually happen. I thought, you know, if anybody was going to die at that point, it was going to be John. And I didn't really think they were going to do that either. And so I just, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't expect it. You know, when, when he got hit, um, I was slightly distracted and I happen to look up and I see him saying, I'm okay. It's going to be fine. And he pulls it out and I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? And so I rewound it and rewatched what happened. And it seemed so inconsequential that I was like, oh, he's not going to die. And then all of a sudden they're running out and Aaron stops and he says, are you going to make it? And he just shakes his head. And I'm like, wait, what? And it blew my mind. <laughs> and then I started crying. <laughs> and... um. Once I realized what was going to happen, it broke my heart. It did. It broke my heart.
1: I think this is a, a nice place to uh, put in something that Lauren sent us. Uh, so Lauren is friend of the show who lent Mandy her uh, DVD so she could watch this. Uh, and I reached out for her thoughts on Peacekeeper Wars. And when it aired, she actually threw a party for friends of the show, which is quite a fun thing. Um, and I, I said specifically, what was your reaction to Dargo? So she said, Dargo, Then it went to commercial. During other commercials, I was playing hostess. That one, I just sat there staring. I don't think I moved until someone else at the party speculated that perhaps he wasn't really dead. After all, we didn't see the body, and others have come back. I turned my head and looked at my friend, who was hugely into the show as well. I don't even remember which of us said, no, he's gone. I didn't cry. I never have. I cry for John and Aaron and the baby. I cry at the end when they name him. But to me, Dargo's death is too awful and too perfect for tears. It had to be someone. It was Jelena, then Aaron, then Crace at the end, never mind in the middle, and then John and Aaron. It had to be someone. Dargo had everything he ever wanted right then. Of course it was him. His story was in most ways over. It was time for his happily ever after. But this is Farscape. Come on. Someone's has to may as well be me
0: she makes a good point and those are a lot of the same things that i said about john and aaron in the finale Mm. in the season four finale that you know their story was done they had everything they ever wanted and so it was okay Mm. and she's right you know dargo he made up with his son Mm -hmm. he had plans to be with chiana you know they were going to be happy happily ever after and You know, Dargo's a warrior. He's a Luxon. And so he actually got to go out fighting, which is the best way for him to go out. And so she's right. It just broke my heart.
1: It was quite interesting when we were watching it here, my partner uh, halfway through said, they're going to kill Dargo, aren't they? I think because we'd had the fake out and then because not only had season four largely wrapped up his story... And gotten him to a good place. They then wrapped it up even further here with a nice bow of, oh, and he and Jothi have made up. It's it's a little too perfect.
0: You're right. I just, I didn't think they'd do it. Mm. I, just, I didn't. I mean, because at this point, every major death we've ever had in the show has been undone. And so I just didn't believe that they would actually really kill somebody.
1: Mm. Yeah, they've killed people before.
0: They have killed people before, but nobody that actually, okay, besides Zan, let yeah. me say that, besides Xan <laughs> and, and that was not for story purposes. That was because the actress needed to not be on the show anymore, mm. you know, and, and so that to me is a little bit different.
1: Okay. I wonder if there had been, they were worried about it being leaked that Dargo was dying. So that's why you first off get the fake out that he's dead, and then you get a second fake out when the, the wall of water hits him. When they're looking for Stark. And I wonder if, if they were sort of playing with the expectation. Either for people expecting it or he got leaked in a magazine or the actor said something wrong in an interview or something.
0: Huh. Yeah, maybe. The, the wall of water didn't even phase me. Mm. Like, I never for a second thought that was a fake out. I yes. was just like, oh, okay. He's fine.
1: And the he gets kind of uh, goodbye- scenes with most characters the only one he doesn't is aaron but i think that's because he gets quite a deep moment with her earlier um and it's it's one of the few stories that would have been quite interesting in a season five where she's she makes a comment about he wants to be a father so i want to be a mother well that's why i want to have children because he wants it so much and it would have been quite interesting to see her coming to terms with be becoming a mother and then having a child as well I, I would have quite appreciated a season five that had a, an ongoing plot about Aaron coming to terms with being a mother, ha- about having a child and being a mother. It would have been quite an interesting uh, thing to have seen. But it's it's largely wrapped up in her conversation with Dargo.
0: I thought she had already come to terms with having a child because she seemed so excited about being pregnant towards the end of season four.
1: Mm. And then they have this other plot. And again, they've, they've got another plot. So we'll throw it in the three hour miniseries. <laughs> but we'll do it in a conversation <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i guess you're right they they were literally trying to wrap every possible thing up in this mm. three-hour show and it did not serve them very well i think
1: when, when i was reading some of the background information uh, apparently they had versions of the script that had chiana's brother in there as well
0: oh to wrap
1: up him because he's a rebel freedom fighter so a wartime thing might have been a good use for him But they said it just – it became too much.
0: See, I think I would have rather have seen that than some of the stuff they did give us.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So as an interesting thought experiment, what would you – my thesis is um, the episode is too full of stuff and it doesn't have enough room for character and dialogue and good interactions. So what would you take out or or do less of to allow for some of the stuff you would have liked?
0: I would have cut the fight scenes in half. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many. They were just fighting, fighting, and fighting, and shooting at each other. Like, everywhere. Every set we had, they were fighting, and it ended up being destroyed. Yeah. Between on the ships, on the various planets they were on, everything gets destroyed. (laughs) And Mm. I think if they had diminished some of that, we would have had space for more character development.
1: Hmm particularly the the fight with the guys on the harpoons in the first half now i think that's pretty much the only fight so they need some action in there Mm -hmm. but that's the one that's probably the most unnecessary
0: yes um i had even forgotten that it happened until you just said that which you know if it's not memorable it, it certainly doesn't need to be there yeah it doesn't
1: serve a purpose
0: and it just it was just too much i feel like They had the Scarens. I mean, because even the Peacekeepers weren't even really part of the fight, unless I'm really just blocking this out. The Peacekeepers were just floating around in space and we kept seeing a pregnant Graza. But all of the actual fighting was the Skarens shooting at John and his crew in all of these various places. With the Peacekeepers saying, oh, but we've got to fight, we've got to fight because we want the wormholes too, and then they don't actually do anything.
1: Yeah, it would have been better if it had been called the Skarens Wars. Because, yeah, the yes. Peacekeepers are not a part of this.
0: Right. <laughs> and But they they kept trying to make us feel like they were. Mm. And so they could have cut either, either cut down on the Scarin' fights, because I feel like we got the same fight just over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah. And so they could have cut down on that and actually let the Peacekeepers participate
1: mm-hmm.
0: a little bit more instead of just floating in space observing. And that would have freed up a lot of time
1: anything else that you would have taken mm. out See, I, i'd happily lose a lot of the eidolon stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like well like i said i like the concept of the eidolon stuff so mm. i don't know what i would replace it with because all the ceremony I don't know, stuff and... i don't know that they could have come to the resolution at the end without the eidolons
1: i, I think all the debating and the ceremony and passing on the powers and so on Okay. Uh, I, I cared so little about it because it wasn't anything to do with our guys.
0: Yeah. I can see that. And I could have actually done without the whole bit with Stark and how he ended up being involved with that plot line. Mm. Because that really bothered me.
1: Yeah. You, you said you had issues with the consent of that.
0: I did. I mean, Stark is literally saying no, no, no. And Crichton holds him down, forces his mask off. And makes him take this Eidolon's power while he's screaming no that he doesn't want to do it. And I just had a really, really hard time with that. Um and I mean, and it was bad enough. I mean, Stark was already crazy, but he was so upset afterwards, he didn't want anybody to touch him, talk to him. I wasn't okay with that. And I did end up later asking if the the means if the ends justify the means, because it did end up being a quote-unquote good thing because he was able to transfer that knowledge Hmm. that would have been lost forever to the remaining eidolons but i just don't know that it's okay what they did to him especially since okay can you explain what happened to stark in the end because i don't understand
1: uh he the no Okay. L- largely, as it's put across, is is his experience with the Eidolons brings him a measure of peace from the, the psychosis that he right. has. Um,
0: but how does that make him not be this, like, creature of light that does things? Okay, good. I'm not crazy. You don't know the answer to that either.
1: Because <laughs> he's spent? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know um it's not very well explained other than he's found a measure of peace and, th- and there have been moments before where he's been able to with a measure of control take his mask off and it's not overpowered everyone so maybe that's it now he has control over his power and he doesn't need the mask
0: okay so then so good things came of it you know if he did lose his crazy and he mm. became peaceful and he understands himself better and he was able to save this knowledge from becoming extinct those are great things but the way that they did it I was really uncomfortable with and Mm. I I just don't know I don't know that that I'm okay with it but at the same time if they hadn't made him do it this would have had a very different outcome
1: yeah and I can I can see where it, it would make you feel a bit squirmy the consent thing i think i've been more okay with it because i I think his no 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 i'm not worthy and they're trying to say yes you are but yeah it would have been better served if yes you are you helped delvian priestess and they're as good as these people or something and he goes oh yeah i will do this for zan or you know my experience with zan makes me perfect for this
0: right rather
1: than just forcing him to do it
0: Right. And see, that's what I was expecting them to do was, you know, to kind of call back to the previous experiences that he's had. And Mm. I would have been more okay with that, you know, if if they could have reminded him, you are worthy because you've done these things, and then they would not have had to force him. And so I think it was, it was the force that I had an issue with, Mm. not what happened,
1: if that makes sense. It's reminding me of another moment where the writing doesn't quite land as well. Um, but when they enter the battle over the planet and Moya goes into the water, right? It's they do this thing of Moya's taking control and now we're in the water. It's almost like they remembered, oh yeah, Moya's supposed to be a character. We need to have her do something in these episodes. And I would have rather it been more about Moya suggests to Pilot or Moya says I want to go into the water and Pilot says Moya's prepared to do this. She thinks she's going to be okay, but it means they can't follow us. And they all discuss it, and they agree, yes, let's go down, and then let's deal with the repercussions from there. But just Moya taking over and doing that, which she's never really done before.
0: She did once, but it was only when it had to do with Talon. Yeah. That's the only time she ever did it.
1: So this this sort of comes out of nowhere, and I don't quite get it. So I, I would have preferred something slightly different in the writing for that.
0: Yeah, Moya, mm. Moya and Pilot both were not really characters in this. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah.
1: Um, I want to read Lauren's summation of this, because it was quite nice and summed it up nicely before we move on. She said, Despite its flaws, the Peacekeeper Wars punches me in the guts every time, from Aaron's opening narration to the final scene on the terrace. While I wish we'd had season five, I'm so thankful that we at least got this much, instead of leaving John and Aaron as scattered bits of sand.
0: I wholeheartedly agree with that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel like it's uh, be thankful for what you got rather than sad that it's over?
0: Yes, because I mean, like I said at the beginning, the last half an hour was really good. Mm. the last half an hour i mean i I essentially started crying when Dargo died and didn't stop until the end, and so it started as sad, but then it ended happy <laughs> right um, and so there were a lot of emotions going on as they were bringing closure to everything, and they did manage to bring a lot of closure to the stories and to these characters that we've been experiencing and so I am glad they did that considering the way they did leave season four. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they gave us kind of that happily ever after that I want. Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't happily ever after for Dargo, but at least <laughs> his, his his death was a good death and it was at the end of his story. And so it's not like there were unresolved things for him. Mm-hmm. And we got the, The core, you know, if you'll recall, when I talked about season four, I was okay with it ending with John and Aaron dying because they were finally happy. And so that was a good place for their story to end. And since they brought them back, they gave us an actual happily ever after with them, which, of course, is always going to be my preference. You know, we've got John, Aaron, and the baby, and it's a very Lion King-esque moment. (laughs) But it was wonderful. And I... I'm really glad and, and they're they're all singing together and it's implied they're all singing together on Moya and so there's still those who are left are together and mm. that just made me happy and and so it it lets me believe that they're gonna live happily ever after in peace, no more war, none of this crazy stuff that we've been dealing with for the last four years. And so I'm happy.
1: Nice. Would you say it's one of your the the favorite bits of the whole thing, how it ended?
0: Only the last bit. I mean, I sat through a lot of crap <laughs> <laughs> over the course of the series and the the mini series here, mm. but but the last, um, yeah, I, I was really happy, and um, naming the baby Dargo soon Crichton could not have been more perfect. Nice. I want you to have a name that means courage and strength. So we have chosen. Dargo. Sun Crichton.
1: So the, is there anything else that you would have said as you've come away remembering or as a favorite moment?
0: I think, I mean, the ending is really the big thing, I think. there There were some great... One-liners, I think, when Dargo and John got to say goodbye to each other and, you know, John tells Dargo, you're the closest friend I ever had. And Targo says, you're the closest friend I have. You could have done better. Now we're in the universe. I mean, that I was crying and laughing all at the (laughs) same time because that is such a John and Dargo thing. You know, that is exactly their relationship. And that was a good way for them to say goodbye to each other. And then, when <laughs> I can't stop laughing to even say it. When Dargo says Chiana and John's like, yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to take care of her. Blah, blah, blah. And Dargo's like rolling his eyes, like, no, get out of my way so I can talk to
1: Tiana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. So I, they did Dargo well mm. with his ending and with his final goodbyes. And, and I really, yeah. really did enjoy that. Okay. Yeah. That means, Again, that good that character me moments. happy and sad yeah. all at the same time. Mm. I wish we had had more of those things.
1: Yeah. And and that's exactly why that Rigel moment on the hover sled stands out to me. Because that's a good moment of him as a character. He he makes a little joke about it, but he's stepping up and doing the thing. Yeah. Mm.
0: And also, Rigel had another little moment that I liked. Although Mm. I'm still fuzzy on the motivation behind it, he still had the ring that he had threw up and gave it to them. And so part yeah. of me is like, is did that little turd try to steal it because he knows yeah. it's valuable and that's why yeah. he had it this whole time? But then he's trying to get married and he's like, oh, I'm going to give it to them and so it was cute.
1: I think he has a line like, well, I wouldn't go down to the seabed for nothing. It was with the crystals. I kept it moist for you. It's my mom's ring. That's wonderful! You didn't think I'd go back into that cold ocean for nothing!
0: <laughs> oh that you're right he did that's exactly what he meant. So uh yeah no, that, I liked that that he, My boy's think,
1: getting paid.
0: <laughs> I think having the baby really like fundamentally changed him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and he started to like appreciate life a little bit more i don't know Mm. um but he i mean he did over the course of the series have some really great character relationship moments and so it it wasn't entirely out of character for him to be that sentimental yeah um and i enjoyed it i always enjoy it when rigel's sentimental as long as Mm -hmm. he's not sentimental all the time what about you i know you had some favorite moments this is your favorite universe
1: (laughs) there's there's a few bits they do that are uh, sometimes quite obvious that, that don't land for me, but there's a couple that really do. Um, the the repeated wedding ceremony, attempting to get married. I, I quite enjoy when a show or a movie tr- does this kind of three beat trying to do something and it never quite lands. Uh, the Mask. Jim Carrey always almost kisses Cameron Diaz all the way through. And then at the end, they finally get to kiss. It's like, oh, okay, Finally. Um, And in this, the fact that they keep trying to get married and it never quite gets through, it makes me laugh. And then when they get to the final wedding ceremony and it's, we don't have time, do you love each other enough to spend your life together? Yes. Well, then you're married. That's perfect. That's really nice.
0: (laughs) I would say the actual ceremony with the tiny, tiny line, do you love each other? Great, you're married, was great the humour with Stark leading up to that bit did not work for me and I
1: hated oh, yeah. it yeah him hated doing the it. different things yeah right.
0: yeah and then the slap every time mm. it, that didn't work for me but the actual oh okay do you love each other forever great you're married I loved that bit
1: yeah okay okay you two love each other yes, yes! enough to be married forever uh, yes then you are congratulations because it's all you need. So it's really yeah. nicely done. And a similar sort of moment is when they go on board the Scarran ship and they're scanning them for weapons and Aaron's just continually <laughs> producing different weapons. Right. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> and and one thing is not particularly a moment or anything, but the graphics on the wormhole weapon at the end are really impressive. It It looks properly destructive it doesn't look like anything we've seen before on the show right i really like it and and the way he does that and, and everyone does appreciate oh holy shit this is going to kill everyone
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> my thought on the wormhole was wondering if basically this wormhole weapon is a cathla in space
1: is that what a cathla was going to do that's political. what the, the the Satan, Satanic Temple at the end of season six was, six was going to do.
0: Well, but I mean, in, in the end of Becoming, a Catholic is this like swirling vortex that's getting bigger and bigger. That's okay. going to envelop the world into this other, you know, demon dimension or whatever. And so that's what I was reminded of, mm. of this swirling vortex of a black hole just getting bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah. The is John going to be able to stop it or not didn't land for me. I was like, oh no. I hope he can stop this thing that's gonna kill everyone that we know and love. Honestly,
0: I wasn't <laughs> sure. Really? But I legitimately was not sure he was gonna be able to stop it. I mean I assumed it would be stopped, but I didn't know if John could stop it.
1: You okay. know, I didn't
0: know will the will the ancients step in and do something or
1: I see, yeah.
0: Or is the are they actually gonna end this with the universe ending?
1: because that's one way to wrap up your series
0: yes <laughs> no but we're not gonna I mean, do a I didn't movie really <laughs> think they were gonna do that but i it was for me it was touch and go i didn't know if he could do it or okay. I, yeah i don't know i wondered if even firing the weapon was gonna kill him you know i was very concerned about what was happening on my screen right at that moment and, and during that section especially since john was so freaked out about what was going on Hmm. and he didn't really explain anything to anybody even to Aaron you know Aaron's like well is it worse than you know killing our baby is it worse than killing me is it worse than blah blah blah?" and he just looks at her and they don't really explain what's going on until later like five minutes later he finally does the exposition that this thing is going to keep building and building and building until everything is gone you know
1: Hmm. yeah and the Uh, Pick up a penny, double it, double it again, double it again. It feels like them trying to do a John style rant, and it starts well, but the way it ends up with referencing the IRS and so on, it's
0: yeah, we didn't get any good uh, John rants in this. That was really, I think, the closest we got, Hmm. and it fell flat because he didn't hit all of the pop culture stuff that he usually does. It was you
1: mean you you didn't get a Buffy reference? Is what you mean?
0: Not from him, no. <laughs> that would have been nice.
1: Yeah. That's a bit that I could have done without, actually, is when he takes Starleak to see Einstein. There's no point to that moment.
0: I like that.
1: It's a nice moment. I could live without it, though, and and have more character dialogue stuff going on.
0: I would rather keep that moment and get rid of the fighting than keep the fighting and get rid of that moment to, <laughs> okay, okay, to get stuff. I like that we got continuity from the show- Directly tied into the miniseries. And I like that we explicitly are told, even though you really want this thing that John supposedly has, John doesn't actually have that information. And then they give it to him so that he can use the weapon to stop a war. I kind of like that. And I liked somebody having more power than the Scaran Emperor. Yeah. I mean, it's a little thing, you know, and if it hadn't been there, I wouldn't have missed it. But I like that it was there. Hmm. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about the Peacekeeping Wars?
1: Um, Only, is there anything that you still feel is unresolved or that you'd want to see more of if there was more Farscape?
0: No, I don't think so. I think it ended well. I think I'm glad that we never got anything else after this. Although now that I know there are comics, I'm curious about what they did. In the comics to move it forward, I mean, I'm sure they just threw conflict at them and made them have to start fighting because (laughs) that's what you do. But leaving this the way it did, I think, was good. Right. And I think we're in a happy place. I got my happily ever after with all of the characters I care about. Nice. So I don't need anything else. What do you think?
1: I, I would like to know more about the Nabari. And the the space virus that's going to kill everyone. That that always felt like a very unfulfilled storyline. And I'd like to see them get back to Earth and do something with Earth. I, and that was one of the good things that Stargate SG-1 did, is they, they developed Earth into this actual force in the galaxy, which was always a, a nice turn. It would have hmm. been quite interesting to see here.
0: You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course you're not wrong because it's your opinion, but I think I can agree with that. I think... I think I'm happy not having it, but if we were going to get more, I think both of those are things that I would enjoy seeing. Mm.
1: And I I suspect they never would have done going to Hyneria and Rigel reclaiming his his throne because imagine all the puppets and puppeteers they would have had to work with and all the like chest-high walls they would have had to sat sat on so that people could stand behind them.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think... Although I do wonder if since Dargo is, is dead now, I wonder if Chiana went to Hyleria Hyneria with... <laughs> <laughs> I'm still messing that up. Um I, I wonder if, if Chiana would have gone with with Rigel or no. if she doesn't have Dargo if she, you know, would go looking for her brother. Yeah. Or yeah, is she gonna end up with somehow? You know? I mean I would be pissed off if she did, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Uh I would like spin off of Tiana and a more grown-up version of John and Aaron's Child, Traveling, Looking for Neary. Okay. That's my Fast Get Spin-Off.
0: Well, if you would like to tell us what you think about The Peacekeeper Wars or any other movie that we've discussed, you can use the hashtag PCDeprived on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eloquent gushing. You can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Kay.
1: And I'm at Matthew Vose. We're also on Patreon, so for as little as $1 a month, you can gain access to exclusive content and also help support the network. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash eloquentgushing. And if you want to keep up to date with the latest news and announcements, remember to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. The link is on eloquentgushing.com.
0: We'll be back next week with another episode of Pop Culturally Deprived. Until next time, I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And I'm pregnant, not incapacitated. Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.